Welcome to this week's sermon at Village Presbyterian Church. At Village, we seek to be shaped by the life of Christ, to practice authentic friendship, and serve the world. You're invited to join us at either our Mission Campus or our Antioch Campus. For now, we hope you hear a word for your own life in this sermon. Our scripture reading today comes from the book of Acts. Chapter 2, verses 1 through 13. You can find this on page 992 in your pew Bible. But first, please join me in prayer. Gracious God, you have called us to be your people and claimed us as your own. Come to us now in this scripture that we would hear your voice and be reminded of all that you hope and dream for us and for this world. Amen. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place, and suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as of fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now, there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at this sound, the crowd gathered and was bewildered, because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, Are not all of these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we, each of us, hear in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and the residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs, in our own languages we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others sneered and said, they are filled with new wine. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God shall last forever. Well, Pentecost was a Jewish festival. And on this Pentecost, people came from all over to celebrate this high holy days. Holidays are great, and one of the things that's great about holidays is they're so repetitive. We develop the same traditions. That's part of what makes the holiday a holiday. So when it comes, you can have reason to anticipate that you know what to expect, But on this particular Pentecost, the Spirit of God pushed past the traditions and did something that made this day like no other day. The disciples, they were hiding because the powers that be that had crucified Jesus were still the powers that be, and the disciples were afraid. Fear is a terrible thing. We are never our best selves when we're afraid. At least we're never our best selves when we act out of our fears. But this was some day. 
For people who started the day afraid soon found courage that changed everything. They were huddled together all in one place, and the Spirit of God blew upon them so powerfully that you could see it. And tongues of fire were on each head. And the Spirit of God blew so powerfully that you could hear it. It sounded like the rush of a mighty wind. And and then these timid followers became leaders. They moved out into the crowd and, and that had gathered to observe Pentecost. And there were Parthians and Medes and Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia, Asians and Arabs. They were from everywhere, and I mean everywhere. These Galilean disciples began to speak in all of these languages, and the people were astonished. They said, how is it that we can understand these guys? They're talking our language. And if you read all the way to the end of the chapter, it says there were about 3,000 people who joined the church on Pentecost. 3,000 in one day. My careful and caring assistant, Marcia, she, she keeps the second session records for Village I asked her to look through the minutes and tell me the last time we had 3,000 people join the church in one day. She said it's been some time. You know, the Bible tells these stories of amazing moments, of astonishing works of God's Spirit, but it never lasts. It never really lasts. I've never heard of another day like this one. It, it makes you wonder if the Spirit even acts like this anymore. So, true confessions. Pentecost, not my favorite church holiday. Not my favorite church holiday. I know it's supposed to be a party, a birthday party of sorts, but the story of this day it makes me wonder if we're missing something. Because church doesn't look like this anymore. Maybe even wonder if God's Spirit has lost her A-game. Or worse, she's gone into retirement. Because we don't have days like this. I mean, we do our best. I remember early in my ministry we prepared for a Pentecost Sunday. It was going to be very festive. The worship committee, they came in and they tied red balloons, helium balloons, to the end of the pews, and we had flowers all the way across up front like we kind of do, like the poinsettias at Christmas time, and the table was all set. It was going to be perfect. Now, we didn't have any fancy languages, and we couldn't even get anybody to join the church, but it was, it was going to be a party, nevertheless, kind of in a Presbyterian kind of way. And so as folks began to settle into their pews, you, you know how folks settle into their pews, and, and, and the end seat is the coveted spot. And, and so some then began to put their elbows over the, the end seat, and when they did, some of them had dislodged some of those balloons, and they began to ascend up to the ceiling of the sanctuary. Just periodically, another one is released, and another one is released. And, and the sacristy guild had, had set the table the night before because they had so much to do that morning. And, and so to keep the bread fresh, they put all the bread in baggies. And 
that kept it fresh, but they didn't tell me about that. So when we began to distribute, this is the body of Christ broken for you. You had to remove it, rip open a baggie first before you could. It just didn't feel that spiritual. And about that time, some of those balloons began to find the lights in the ceiling of the sanctuary and to explode one after another, which sent some young children running screaming from the room. It just didn't feel like the first Pentecost. It was like the Spirit of God had not shown up at all. It seems like this story just sets us up to fail. Now look, maybe I'm just, maybe I'm just complaining. I get that way sometimes. Some people are like that. They complain all the time. Uh, in the church that I grew up in, there was a man named Gene. I've told you about him before. He was happiest when he was complaining. Nobody else was, but he was really happy when he was complaining, and he was complaining all the time. If you said, Gene, how's it going? You'd be certain to hear, well, you know me, I'm no stranger to suffering. That was his favorite line, I'm no stranger to suffering, and he seemed to be suffering most of the time. You'd say, hey, Gene, I heard you got a vacation, went to the beach. Yeah, I'll never do that again sand everywhere, and I got sunburn on the first day. I used that sunblock, but it streaked, so I looked like a candy cane the whole week. Gene, is that a new car? Yeah, but it's white. I wanted a darker color. You know how white's going to show the dirt. I'm going to have to wash it every day. Just wash it every day. But you won't hear me complaining. No, sir, he says. Even if things were going pretty well, undeniably pretty well, you know, lovely spring day, beautiful day, isn't it, Gene? Well, now, yeah. But this weekend, it's going to be hot as blue blazes. going to melt your hair. It's just going to melt your hair. But you won't hear me complaining, no, sir. I read this story of Pentecost, and it, I feel like it turns me into Gene. They moved out of the world and spoke new languages and all of a sudden, the whole known world turns into some Billy Graham crusade. Everybody's singing just as I am. This is a day we can celebrate, I guess, but we can't relive it. It makes you wonder if the Spirit even acts like this anymore. So what do we do with a day like Pentecost? My suggestion is that we read it very carefully. Read it very carefully. And it will tell us what it means. You see, if you read it very carefully, it becomes undeniable that there's some hyperbole involved here. Some have said, 3,000? Really? 3,000. Not 1,876? 3,000? Not only that, the collection of folks that are gathered in Jerusalem on this Pentecost is astonishing. There were Parthians and Medes and Elamites there, residents of Mesopotamia, Asians and Arabs. Well, for some of these folks, it's understandable, but some folks had come from a long way away. I mean, how far did the Asians travel to get there on Pentecost? 
Well, however far it was, it was nothing compared to the journey the Medes undertook to get to Pentecost because they had to travel not only several hundred miles, they had to travel several hundred years because the Medes had vanished from the earth centuries earlier. Not only them, but the the um, uh, Elamites also. Nobody would seen an Elamite in hundreds of years. So how did they drop in on this Pentecost party? Well, to read this would be like you opening the good news and finding the list of new members. The Village Church is pleased to welcome the Smith family from Fairway, and the Johnson family join us driving all the way in from Denver each week. We're particularly pleased to welcome the Williams and their children who traveled from Chicago to join our Antioch campus, and we're delighted that after several visits, President Abraham Lincoln has decided to become a new member. He joins by reaffirmation of faith. The session is also pleased that Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. has agreed to preach next Sunday all services. If you read that, you'd say, what is going on? So if I understand the text, Luke is making it as clear as he knows how to make it. That the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God will leave no one out. The Spirit of God will cover every distance and every time to include the people of God in God's church. This is not a news report. This is a declaration of ideals. The proper celebration of Pentecost is to remember the ideals of the church, to remember the reason that God chose for there to be a church in the world. So this past week, we observed the 75th anniversary of D-Day. There were interviews with young boys who stormed that beach. They are now grown men in their 90s, 90s. There were graves marked with dignity. There were speeches and flyovers, and even after 75 years, more than a few tears. D-Day was a one-of-a-kind day. But what does it mean? If we look to D-Day, it's the day when the U.S. and allies turned the tide of the war and began the, inning of the, uh, began the end of the war. Well, that would be right at some level, but at another level, that misses something altogether. Because D-Day was not just about the war. It was about life beyond the war. D-Day was a day of sacrifice for the right of ordinary people to participate in their government as equals. D-Day was a day of sacrifice to strike down the demonic notion that God created some people in some super fashion and created others lacking. Those boys didn't bleed and die just so that their team could win as much as some might make it sound that way. They bled and died that these and other ideals might not vanish from the face of the earth. 
The amazing thing about Pentecost is not the miracle of language or the astonishing number, but the ideals. We need this day to remind us what the church is for. So this this past week, Roger and I, we held some talkback conversations at the conclusion of our sermon series on race. And okay, this isn't part of the sermon. This is just a great story. So last week, someone came out and said, I love that you and Roger preached that sermon together. You should do that all the time. You should do that all the time. I said, no, 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 I don't, I don't, I don't know that we're ever going to do that again. And, and I said, besides, Roger's on sabbatical this summer. And she said, oh, so, so just you, just, just you. <laughs> so sometimes you go with the Christians you got, you know? So... We had these, back to the sermon, we had these talk back sessions this week, and many of you came, and, and someone asked a very thoughtful question to me after, the, after our group time, said, what made you choose to talk about this now? And I thought, that's a good question. In, in, part, in part, we did because, well, you know, we see practices of racism these days with a clarity that we haven't seen in a long time. But more than that... We talk about it because, well, because we're village. And village has always been concerned when our neighbors suffer. At a conversation on Wednesday, some guests joined us, and these guests pointed out village has always been in the battle for justice. They said, we in the community look to you for this. And it reminded me, again, of the leadership of Dr. Bob with the housing covenants. And it re- reminded me of the bold decision of this congregation in 1970, January of 1970, to invest $100,000, over 10% of the total budget, in the Black Motivational Training Center. It put the church in a deficit budget. But if you ask me, it was a Pentecost day because the Spirit was moving And if you are attentive, you might hear her blow through us like the wind. I was visiting with Joe not long before he died, and he said, you know, Tom, one of the most meaningful things in my life has been hosting a family after Katrina displaced them. Many of you opened your homes and cared for folks who were so shocked they could barely care for themselves. And I think the Spirit was at work among us. Later this month, we'll celebrate the second anniversary of our campus at Antioch. That campus is there because you know there are far too many churches who want to define themselves by who they keep out, and you're willing to sacrifice to make sure this community knows we will define ourselves by who we welcome in. If you ask me, it was a bold decision to launch Antioch, and it was also a Pentecost kind of day. Now, I could go on, but you probably have your own Pentecost moment. Now, have we ever learned to speak foreign languages overnight? No. But we are being increasingly attentive 
to how to meet people where they are and speak God's love in a way it can be heard. Have we ever had over 3,000 people join the church in one day? Marcia says, no, not yet. But time and again, we have remembered what we are here for. And in those times, if you're attentive, you just may hear God's Spirit as she blows around ordinary, sometimes frightening, frightened people, trusting that God might use even us. Pray with me. Gracious God, we believe. Help our unbelief. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon at Village Presbyterian Church. Learn more about us at villagepres.org. And we invite you to join us again next week.